0: Are you ready to boss up and start that business? You're listening to Be A Boss Coaching Podcast. My name is Beatriz Rivera, and this show is my empowerment tool and community builder. My mission is to help queer and walk, that's queer and women of color, start their businesses with accountability, clarity, and most of all, confidence. On this podcast, I go over the question, can entrepreneurship help us reach our potential? I talk about my hardships, my wins, and you'll even hear how other queer and women of color have navigated and come to own their entrepreneur identity. I'm a social worker turned entrepreneur coach, and as such, of course, I'm going to give you tips, inspiration, and maybe even some laughs to help you not just start, but transform into that boss. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Be A Boss Coaching Podcast. My name is Beatriz. I am an entrepreneur coach and a business coach for women of color, BIPOC, and queer entrepreneurs. Guess what day it is? If this is coming out Monday, today is Sunday night. <laughs> Y'all, I've let this podcast episode just catch up to me and yeah if you're hearing this Monday on Monday I recorded this last night okay and I've realized that I've gotten so comfortable with podcasting and editing that I'm just like okay I can do it at some point this week and plan the episode for next week even though it takes time it takes time. But yeah, we're here, we're being consistent, I'm very excited to do this episode today because today what I'm going to talk to you about is my story on when I decided to move to New York. So it's a story that I, when I reflect back on it, I really am just amazed at myself just because I can't believe that I did such a risky move but we're we're gonna get into it i'm gonna get into it and i promise that you will have some takeaways from this episode because i'm not gonna just come up here and talk to y'all and tell you about the story and not have a point to it (laughs) i i want to i want you to learn and take value from it and take some takeaways so I promise you will leave this episode feeling like you can take risks too. Okay, so anyway, but before I do that y'all, I'm just so thankful for everybody who's left reviews and ratings on Spotify, who has come over to Apple Podcast and rated and left a review. I've been looking at the analytics for the episodes and the podcast, and it's I'm really amazed at just the the numbers and how much they go up and whenever I see, oh, I have three new listeners. I'm like, wow, like people are listening. There's people out there in the world listening. And I just so th- grateful, so thankful for, for all of you who are following this journey and are part of this. I I was looking at the analytics and y'all, there's people from South America listening to this podcast. Like I see there's people from Panama, from Ecuador from Colombia. Hey, I see y'all. So if you're listening to this and you're from like either of those countries, I even see Mexico on here too. Damn, shout out to you. Thank you so much for listening, for being here. And if you're from Mexico, Panama, Ecuador, or Colombia, Tag me. (laughs) Tag me on Instagram and be like, yo, I'm like that listener in Ecuador. (laughs) That would be so awesome. Gracias, muchas gracias por estar aquí. Right there, I threw in a little bit of my Spanish because I, I do want at some point to do a Spanish episode. I just think the struggle that I go through when I try to talk Spanish. And it sucks because I got really good at talking in Spanish was when I was a case manager when I was a social worker working for the hospital because I would talk with a lot of people who spoke Spanish and my Spanish just the way that I talked and communicating myself in Spanish became really easy because of my job and since leaving that position and being promoted to administrative manager where I didn't have patient contact that sort of went away again and even though I've come back to California, and I'm starting to have those conversations again with my parents. Like, kind of talk to them. I realize that with them, it's so much harder because I switch back to English if something, if I can't think of a word in Spanish, and they know English, so they know what I'm saying. Even if I'm trying my best to talk to them in Spanish, they'll just tell me just to say it in English. We know what you're <laughs> what you're saying. And it's been hard, but I do want to do an episode in Spanish. So I think I might need to prepare and plan for that in particular. But we'll see. We'll see. And if you want an episode in Spanish, please let me know. Please. I'd love to do it. I think I'm still going to do it either way if I, nobody says anything. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. I do also want to take a moment to ask you all if you have any questions about any of the episodes or and you have just questions in general about coaching or about something that you heard on the podcast, please, you can send me an email at Beatriz at beabosscoaching.com. That's B-E-A-T-R-I-Z at beabosscoaching.com. Be a Boss Coaching is all together and you can send your questions there and i'd love to answer them and if there's enough folks who submit questions maybe i can definitely have an episode where i do like a q and a episode which would be so dope so send in questions y'all if y'all if you hear any of the episodes and you have follow up questions please send them in and also come on over to beabosscoaching.com and you can learn more about me you can read my blog i actually just posted a new blog last week called Grieving My Independence, where I talked about my experience transitioning from nine to five to full-time entrepreneurship and what that was like for me and realizing that now I had to depend on my partner for my basic needs. Yeah, that's, I wrote about that. So go read it (laughs) and let me know what you think. All right. So I really want to get Into the story and just my journey moving to New York because it was one of the (laughs) that was a crazy move for me and but let's get into it. The reason that I decided to move to New York, I was actually in college. It was, I believe, maybe my junior year, my senior. I want to say it was my senior year, and when you're a senior like I had I was graduating I actually was graduating with a double major in child development and psychology and I actually didn't really know what to do next I wasn't really sure what was next for me after graduation and I remember though I actually went to Mount St. Mary's College, which is an all-women's college here in L.A., and they have two main campuses. There's the Doheny campus, which is in downtown, and then the Chillon campus in Brentwood, very fancy, up in the hills, Brentwood campus. And I knew that with my bachelor's in psychology, I could have gone into the realm of licensed marriage and family therapy, social work even my psych D there was like an option to go into a psychology program and I I just honestly I didn't even think about what was next I think I was just so focused on finishing college I was so done to like finish college lately I've been thinking a lot about my education and this is probably for another episode because I could I could talk a lot about just recently what I've been reflecting back on my education but it's during that time during college I was in taking information and I was learning a lot but I wasn't I didn't receive what you would say or call a a traditional college experience it was normal (laughs) but I decided to go to Mount St. Mary's because it was a local college and they were offering me, they had offered me a scholarship that allowed me to pay for at least half of my college years. And that was the main reason why I decided to go. Honestly, even before then, I probably could have chosen another college and the total expense for going to college would have been a lot less because it actually was a private college. And it's something that I didn't even think about or realize when I was going to college. And I think all that mattered to me when I was in high school going to college. I just, for me, what mattered is getting into a school and Because Mount St. Mary's was the only one that offered me a scholarship outside of the grants that I was receiving, I thought that this was the best choice for me financially, even though it really wasn't. But I decided to go there and because it was a local college, I decided to live at home. So I didn't dorm and I knew that would save me a tremendous amount of money because dorming of course like that's a whole other expense so I was a commuter so I lived at home and my dad bought me some little old like my first car was a Dodge Stratus it was like this ugly green car (laughs) and the meter to the the gas pump didn't work so I was constantly running out of gas because I thought I had gas and I didn't and so I would drive myself to to school and park at the downtown campus. And then I would take the shuttle up to Brentwood. And so, yeah, that was my experience. Like for four years, I would just take classes. And honestly, college was a blur to me. I made a few friends like the, the friends I still have. They're still really close to me. Shout out to my friend, Jenny, <laughs> my friend, Daisy. And who are like my two of my closest friends that I met in college. And Daisy is actually not even, she's my college friend, but we met in high school. So we go even further back than college. So really the only friend I made was my friend, Jenny. I made friends though, so I did. But the one that I really got close to and stayed super in touch with is my friend, Jenny. And you'll hear more about Jenny later on. But so I was a commuter and when it came my senior year, when it came to figure out what was next, I, I didn't even think about it. and I think it was maybe one morning, I think it was it's like March or April, that I just had this sinking, like crisis feeling where I was like, "Oh my God, I am graduating college." in less than two months and I don't know what I'm doing next I have no idea where my life is going where I'm what I'm what should I be doing now I don't know what the hell I'm doing even though I had a double major in child development psychology and I don't I didn't I had no idea what to do so I had this like immediate sinking realization that I had no idea what to do next and I hadn't prepared if and I thought if I want to go to grad school I haven't done shit for it like I haven't done shit for it I haven't applied anywhere I haven't researched to any schools I haven't even thought about what degree I want to get and I'm supposed to do this like I thought about it and I was like isn't it That if I want to go to grad school, I should have applied by now. (laughs) So I really was like in this crisis mode just randomly one morning. I just realized, oh, what the fuck am I supposed to do next? Because I was just so focused on graduating. I was so done. And so one day, I think it was like my intro to social work class. There was this panel and Students who are in their social work program and they were talking about just their lives and their, their degrees and like their program. I remember there was someone, one girl from Columbia School of Social Work, and she talked about it at the time, it being the number one school in social work, I think it was in the country. And it was in New York City, and it was Columbia, which is an Ivy League school. And I was just like, okay, so that's next. Columbia, number one school of social work, Ivy League school, New York City. I was like, that's next. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, but how the hell am I supposed to go there now? its I can't just apply now it's too late and but I was just like you know what maybe that's not for me then so I actually ended up I think I ended up applying to the USC school of social work school and then I think I realized that was too late too and I was like okay I guess I'm taking a year off (laughs) so I and I don't know what it was I don't know what helped me to feel okay with that because my whole life I had been going to school right out of high school. I went to college and out of college, you're supposed to go to grad school and out of grad school, you're supposed to figure out what to do next right after. And then you realize in college, you're pretty much on your own unless someone's trying to make sure you're doing everything okay. But you're an adult, you're supposed to know these things. But I didn't. And so I took a year off and I actually got so lucky because there was a job fair at the school one day and I went and I applied I gave people my resume and I actually ended up applying to this job that I, I couldn't believe I got because it was a case manager job for a social security law firm so they specialized in social security disability and I was a case manager for people who were in the hearing stages of their social security disability case. And and so I got the job. Shout out to my first real supervisor, Trina. She was just awesome. She was also from Mount St. Mary's. And I got the job and I I loved it. It was my first office job. And I loved it because I remember going there and having my little cubicle and feeling like such an adult just in my little cubicle with my little computer and trying to look professional and I so I did that for a whole year and there was a relief that came with just knowing that okay now there's something in place I have a job I have a case management job that I think will help me in applying for these programs in a year. And that's what I did. I was a case manager for a year at this firm that no longer exists, actually. And I had a friend who actually helped me apply to Columbia School of Social Work because I wasn't a very good writer, but I knew that my experience would be very valuable. So when the time came to apply, to the schools of social work I, I had waited a year and actually I had looked at school of social work the Columbia school of social work way before actually I think I applied like I, I knew that's where I was going I looked at their application deadline and I it was very on top of it I got someone to help me write the essay and to apply and I actually I think their deadline was sometime in February or something. I applied in December (laughs) and I like put it, sent in my application, sent in my application fee. And I think just because I obviously wanted to be safe, I had also applied to USC School of Social Work and NYU and Syracuse and all of these three schools. So out of the four schools that I applied to, three of them were in New York, Syracuse, NYU, and Columbia, and only one USC was local and I that was my plan I'm gonna go to New York that was like that's where I was gonna go should Columbia not take me I'll go to NYU should NYU not take me I'll go to Syracuse should none of them go I'll go to USC (laughs) which it was just like a, a backup safety because I lived down the street from USC so that was my plan and I waited I applied to all these schools I waited I hadn't heard back from Columbia but I got my first letter back from I think it was Syracuse that said that was that welcomed me into first they were really quick and then they had a deadline of course I was like oh my gosh I hadn't heard from NYU I haven't heard from Columbia I haven't even heard from USC what do I do and there they have a deadline oh if you don't give us an answer by such and such date we will retract the offer so my dad being the dad that he is said send in your response now we're going to send them the money to hold your spot so we did so i said yes to syracuse i hadn't even heard from nyu columbia or usc so we said yes to syracuse i sent in 200 and literally the next day i got the letter from columbia So I honestly didn't even care. My dad was like, it's fine, don't worry about it. Like two hundred dollars. And obviously the rest didn't really matter, right? So I I got into NYU and I got into a USC, but I was like, thank you, bye. I'm not going. (laughs) And so I went, I that that was it. I went to I decided to move to Columbia to move to New York. And honestly, I don't even know what conversations I had with my parents. I Okay, you might you may may not know this, but and I'm starting to realize this myself that I I had trauma very young and still healing from that and my parents are part of that, my family's part of that. But because of that, I believe I have that's I have memory issues. and there's just things that I choose to remember and it's something that my brain knows how to do automatically but I don't I think I was so scared during that time that I like don't remember if I had serious conversations with my family about me leaving I, I obviously did tell them but I think it wasn't it wasn't a decision that I knew I was going to make with them it was a decision that I just knew that I was doing on my own and that if they supported Great, and if they didn't, then I would figure it out. And obviously, they were supportive. My dad knew that I was gonna go to Columbia, which is a very prestigious Ivy League school. And I was obviously before my grad school education. I was so naive. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Columbia! I'm, all these doors are gonna open up for me," and and I was just so naive because I didn't, I I didn't see how much that would cost. I didn't even think about it. I was like, I don't care how much it cost. I'm gonna go. I will take out the loans. I will. I don't care. I'm gonna go. And I remember getting the promissory note from the lending from the FAFSA and saying, this is how much you're going to take out. Honestly, I think I blocked out the numbers. I don't even remember what it was because I will tell you right now, my debt, I am close to $200,000 in debt. And look, I'm very transparent. (laughs) I, I try to be as transparent as possible with just the things that I go through just because somebody else might be going through something similar and my hope is that they don't feel like they're the only ones no I'm sure if you feel like you might you are probably the only one going through this I'm sure you're not but I was definitely I didn't care and I think for me there was this sense that going to Colombia was going to be my ticket it was going to be my ticket to get into a good job to finally make it to all these things and it's what your parents want you're fulfilling what your parents also see for you and I knew that would make my parents proud I knew that me going to a really nice awesome school prestigious school they hadn't even heard what Ivy League meant but they learned what Ivy League meant and and then so that was what I wanted that's I wanted to make them proud and but I also there's just a deep sense for me to leave, to just leave, to go somewhere new, to just live somewhere new. And I knew that I hadn't gotten that experience being in college. I tried to save money and then this was just, I'm going to go do me and I'm going to go be a social worker. I'm going to get this degree and I'm going to go do it in one of the top schools for it. And so that's what I did. I actually... I actually, at that time, being in the my case management job, I had saved up a lot of money. And maybe, again, this is like for another episode, because I had made some really bad financial decisions buying a car while I was living with my parents and getting my own paycheck, thinking that I was invincible. And clearly, that was the worst financial decision. And probably even Colombia has been one of my worst financial decisions ever. But it was worth it. And, and here's why, and this is why, this is the takeaway that I want you to take away from this episode is you, you might think that you're averse to risk. And let me, like when I started my business, I remember feeling this huge aversion to risk and because it's so blatant, like business, there's just no hiding. There's just no hiding from risk. It's there because You just don't know if something is going to work, if this business is going to work. Obviously, me moving to New York, I wasn't I didn't know how it was going to go. And let me tell you, I had never visited New York City. So when I applied and I got the acceptance letter and I was like, yes, I'm going to go and planning up until the day I moved to New York because I got the acceptance letter was sometime in, I don't know, January, February something like that. The year started in August or September, early September, and I remember that whole summer just trying to prepare, just trying to figure out how I was going to go there, and I got loans, right? I took out loan after loan to make sure I had housing, to, to make sure I had food, and I was like, fine. Put it on the loan. Put it on the loan. (laughs) I didn't have any credit card debt, and the only thing I had in my checking account was two thousand dollars that I had saved from my job. That's all I had. I I, had—I think I had two thousand dollars in my savings, and then in my checking, I think I had like another eight hundred or something like that. But I was looking at my savings account. I'm like, okay, I clearly don't have money (laughs) to go to New York and be like. is this right for me? No, I made this decision a year ago to go there. So now I'm going to go. I've never, and I had never been to New York. I had seen it in movies. I had read about it. And I'd seen it in TV. I had never been to New York. So that summer, I was making sure that I had a home in New York. I had, I had communications with, the office and at Columbia for housing so I made sure I had a home and I had an apartment and I think that's all that mattered to me so I I knew I was moving there and I knew that okay now I as long as I have somewhere to go and stay while I go to school there I'm fine and pretty much the whole summer I was figuring out what should I take obviously I was gonna try and take all my clothes I was moving there for two years so I was buying luggage and I knew I wasn't gonna go prior to moving there because one, I didn't have money, two, even if I didn't like it, I was I was gonna go. That's it. <laughs> the summer came and went. I packed my luggage and my friend Jenny came with me. Shout out again to my friend Jenny who's been there for many important events in my life. And she came with me to help me move out there and i brought my suitcase and i tried to i think i had two big huge luggages and one carry-on and so she helped me move out there and that was it i got to new york i had a place to stay and that was it my friend came with me we tried the pizza (laughs) And I actually also got food poisoning the very first time I was there at Shake Shack. That was not fun. But that was it. And so then I I was homesick a lot of the time, but the first few months and I that's but that's the most growth that I've ever had in my life, this movie to New York. Because one I had to I had to survive on my own. I had to learn how to cook. I had to do my own laundry. I was going to school. I had an internship. And I was in a brand new place. I was still trying to figure out how to use the train. And I was making new relationships, new friends. So it was like I it was like college times a hundred, just your brand new city. And I know that most people that go off to college, that's their experience as well. Like they just go off to college. But I was already 28. 25 26 because remember I had taken a whole year off and I actually didn't feel that much older than people that were there but when I got there and it's grad school it's not college anymore you're having this college experience or this college canon experience when you're much older everyone has this experience out of high school when they're 18 years old I was I was 24 years old, 25, and I was trying to figure things, things out. <laughs> I just moved with no money. Just I had two thousand dollars that, as soon as I got to New York City, I need. I didn't. You don't realize that you need all these things when you get there, right? You need a hamper. You need. I don't know. You need toiletries. You need. I needed those mats for the bathroom. I didn't have any mats for the bathroom. I I needed sheets for my bed. <laughs> I needed lamp. I needed just so the things that you don't think about. You just think, oh, as long as I have a roof, I'm good. And I have my clothes. It's not like you're going to go stay in a hotel. Like you are literally moving into an apartment. And so I... I remember me and my friend Jenny just like going out and we're trying to use my little $2,000 in my savings to buy the things that I need. And honestly, I know I probably could have reached out to my parents and be like, I didn't realize I needed all this stuff. But I just, I, I, you're old. I'm 25 years old I had, How do you do that? Just realize like that you're regressing back to a time that you're probably doing now because you didn't get to experience before. I pretty much blew my savings. And thank God, I think I I blew it, and as soon as I as I blew that two thousand dollars, my financial aid kicked in. So I I was about to reach out back to my parents and say I had have no money. I don't even have a credit card. So I I the financial aid kicked in, and I swear to, I feel like something's watching over me. God, if it's you, whoever, thank you because I almost didn't know how to eat <laughs> and that was l- literally the first month that I was there trying to save my little $2,000 as much as I can trying to stretch it as much as I can until financial aid kicked in and uh, and then the rest is history <laughs> I would say I did stay there for eight years so obviously I survived but here's the thing that I want you to take away is Risk is scary, okay? You take risks every day if you don't realize it. Like you take risks every day. You take risks when you post on social media. You never know what people are going to say or how they're going to react. You take risks when you go driving (laughs) or when you leave your home. And I know these are things you do every day. You don't think of them as risks. But I think we don't do and here's what we don't do like we take risks but we don't do the work that you need to do to be able to take risks effectively number one is risks are scary but you can assess how much they're worth it how much is this risk worth it and for me moving to New York was worth it I just I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know who I was going to meet, was I going to run out of money? Did I was I not going to like the city? Was I going to get mugged? Like <laughs> I didn't know, but to me it was worth having the experience. Number 2, you can know ahead of time how you respond to whatever outcome comes from the risks that you take. You can think about that ahead of time. And I think that I I definitely didn't think about that. I think for me, what was important is just me moving to New York and just having that experience. So that alone was enough for me. But if that sometimes is not enough, you can at least plan ahead as to how you're going to react and how you're going to respond to whatever outcome comes from whatever risk taking that you make. So if you post on social media, let's say, and you don't know, it's a risky move. Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you've never done a live before. Maybe you've never, whatever. And you're scared. What are people going to say? Like, at least you you know how to respond. If people are like, what the hell are you doing? This isn't you. What? Why did you talk about this? Like, you can make a plan for how you can respond to that. And if it's worth it, like if it's something that you know that you want to do and that that it's worth being uncomfortable for and learning from, then it's worth it. And that takes me to number three is that you can be open to the lessons that you learned from those risks, that you can learn from them as long as you are open and reflective about your actions. There's a difference, I think, that when you just are impulsive versus doing things that you're doing to learn from. Even if you don't know exactly what's going to be the outcome or what will happen with the risks that you take, know that you can be open and have a mindset where you can allow yourself to learn from whatever comes your way, whether it is failure, whether you realize that what you wanted to do didn't turn out to be what you expected it. And I think that as long as you have those things in mind, taking risks, I'm not saying they're always good, that they're going to high risk, high reward. They say high risk, high reward. No, some risks are going to turn out to be failures. But it's how you learn from them. It's what you learn from them that matters. And the growth that comes from them that matters. And I think that if you're someone that is risk averse and you're not sure how to practice this, especially in business, because it is important in business to have the ability to take risks. Like there will be risks. Like sometimes you will have to risk making an investment, making a big investment in yourself yourself, or some new technology or some new new opportunity and it may pan out it may not but making a plan for whether it goes right or it goes wrong that's the skill that you want to nurture That's what you want to think about. Is it worth it? Can you learn from it? Can you learn from both the right and the wrong outcome? And how will you respond to the situation? How will you learn how to respond to the situation? And I think as long as you're conscious of knowing your reaction or your response, you can plan for that ahead. If you're thinking about anything in your business that feels risky, Ask yourself these things and see what comes up for you. I hope that this was helpful. I didn't want this to be a very long episode, but I guess it turned out to be when you're telling a story, you just get into it. But I just want to remind you that you take risks every day and you can learn how to be better at taking risks. Yeah. I hope that That was helpful. I I really wanted to share my story because I feel that was a crazy move for me. And I still, I I don't regret it. Granted, I am still paying off those loans. Granted, I'm not using my degree. (laughs) But I wouldn't trade my experience for the world. And after that, I, I stayed in New York for another eight years. So it was definitely worth it. That's where I met my partner and the love of my life and my soulmate so i don't regret it anyway if you have any questions about it please let me know send me a dm or a comment or an email at at the email that i said earlier it's again beatrice at Be a Boss coaching.com and i hope this was a helpful episode and that you have a wonderful rest of your week next week I will be interviewing or actually already interviewed her. This episode that's coming out. Claudia Zimmerman. She's the founder and owner of Claudia Z Coaching. She is a life coach, empowerment and freedom coach, and I, I can't wait for you to hear her story. And again, thank you so much for being here, for listening to my story, for just sticking around. And those of you who are in South America, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> I hope you reach out. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you all soon. Bye.